0: Let's talk about the black lawyers being blocked from becoming judges. Let's also discuss the racism our young English footballers have to face. What about the black TikTok strike and a whole lot more? This is Pablo from Hackney and this is Pablo's podcast. Thank you for choosing Pablo's podcast today. Welcome. If you think in terms of a year... Plant a seed If you think in terms of 10 years Plant trees If you think in terms of 100 years Teach the people Confucius I like that one So we are at episode 65 Still sparking debate Uh, This July we've got Well today actually Is Nelson Mandela's birthday A great African hero of of yesteryear but his name still rings bells and you know still relevant today you know for what he endured and what he lived through and the mark he left on the world and probably one of the most well-known if not the most well-known person on the planet um i reckon between him michael jackson and muhammad ali um, and be hard to pick which one is the most known but yeah but yeah, the 18th of July, that's his birthday. And also, they, is an international, it's International Mandela Day, probably for the same reasons. And it's the Black Leaders Awareness Day, which is apt as well, for all the reasons I just said. And on the 23rd of July, it's Haile Selassie's birthday. So, a few birthdays this month. A few great black leaders born this year. Not this year, this, this month. So um, the Olympics are coming up quickly. I, I, I've got to be honest, kind of, with all the different things going on in the world, um, I keep hearing about the Olympics, but maybe because it's kind of you know, a little bit subdued and with the COVID stuff and the restrictions, it hasn't been that promoted in your face as much maybe, or maybe it's a little bit early. But the 23rd of July is the Tokyo Olympics. Um, And I am here for that. Definitely. It's been it's one of those years, one of those sporting years that are going to be very memorable for different reasons. But the Tokyo Olympics, they've got a lot of new um, events happening this year as well. So that's going to be interesting. So they've got karate now, um, skateboarding, sport climbing, surfing, um, women's boxing, featherweights and welterweight. And there's also going to be, I think it's nine mixed-gender events across seven different sports. Uh, I'm a bit gutted they haven't introduced the breakdancing this year, but for the next one, I'm definitely looking forward to, to seeing how that goes off with the breakdancing. But yeah, this Tokyo Olympics is going to be amazing. So I'll definitely be watching that. And th- this this year as well, very significant is you know Richard Branson. He, he's successfully... Uh, Reached the edge of space in his own aircraft, his virgin galactic rocket plane um, and yeah he, he literally it 's like he, he it 's like he just took a trip down the west end it took it just over an hour, just over an hour from leaving Earth to the edge of space and back. <laughs> that's amazing um, he, he spoke about it being his lifelong dream and ambition he must have ticked all of his lifelong dreams now I can't imagine what, what would be above going to space as a kid but yeah so he, he's done it and he's, um, he's the first person to do it beating um, Jeff Bezos um, and Elon Musk so I know they must be um, seeing how they can beat him on the next venture but now hats, hats off to Richard Bransford Richard Branson, he'd done really well, exceptionally well. It'd be good if I could get his name right the first time, though. But yes. So also we've got this, uh, somebody in the UK, uh, was it in the UK? Yeah, I think she was in the UK, but either way. Somebody's been um, infected by two variants, two of these COVID variants at the same time. So um, this is the first time they've seen it. It was a 90-year-old woman. Um, and she both had both the outer variant and the beta variant. So obviously the doctor said she's obviously been con- she contracted it by being around two people who had the different variants. So, yeah, it just opens the door to how infectious these diseases can be. So, yeah, you can catch two at the same time, apparently. And also, uh, I don't know if Javid, um, Sajid Javid has been a victim of two, but he's definitely tested positive for it. As of yesterday, um, he said he's already had his two jabs. Um, but as we already know, you can you have the jabs. It doesn't stop you getting it. So he says he only has mild um, symptoms at the moment. So we'll see how that pans out for him. But hopefully he gets well soon. Um, and the UK is now recording. I think it's like 50,000 new coronavirus uh, infections a day. Um, and obviously those numbers are going to rise with the opening up from tomorrow the 19th Um, so Professor Chris Whitty has um, already said the hospital rates are doubling um, every three weeks and he said that the the number could hit scary numbers the infection could hit scary numbers um, if the trend continues so and actually he also said that we could get into trouble again surprisingly quickly so I mean, if, if there's anybody we need to take heed of and is the scientists. I feel, you know. If we, even if we've got doubts, we've got to have less doubts about the scientists. I, I would have thought. However, um, for me, this just kind of plays into my thoughts, which are, soon as things are open as the way they are, take full advantage of it, you know. Don't, don't leave things till tomorrow, you know. Take full advantage of it. This is not a time to be procrastinating, at all so get things done um, so in regards to the clubs that are for the first time going to be open from tomorrow and large events um, I think the government are trying to encourage the, the venues to ask for proof that the people have been vaccinated or at least tested um, negative through natural immunity from recent inf- infection um, but it's not, it's not a law it's not a rule I think it's just a, a, a want. But I could, I'm wondering how many clubs and venues might feel obliged to do that just in case the numbers go up and maybe they can use that as leverage, i.e. we were testing people and stuff and we're following the rules even when we don't need to. Who knows? I'm sure some some venues will do that and other venues will, won't, you know, we'll have to see how it all pans out. But me personally, I've got no doubt in my mind that um, clubs and venues is, you know, numbers will go up, but thankfully we're not dealing with so many deaths. We're still dealing with some, but we're not dealing with so many deaths, so that's that's really good. But I think the biggest thing for us, possibly, m- might be the fact that th- at some stage the NHS might be overwhelmed with various types of patients, not just um, COVID patients, just everybody. So, but we'll see. I hope again. I hope I'm wrong with any of that, you know, negative type news. I always hope I'm wrong it's just a perspective you know um, but in regards to the masks they have um, now said that uh, they will remain compulsory on London Transport I think um, Manchester might also be making them uh, compulsory as well so yeah um, I'm sure that will give some people comfort especially the people that have been shielding the elderly you know I, I, you don't really you don't generally see as much elderly people um you know not wanting to wear masks it's it's seeming it kind of seems like the younger you are um the less inclined you are to wear masks so so yeah um but if it makes people feel safe if it makes people safer you know and makes people feel safe because sometimes it's about you feeling a sense of safety so if that helps um older people I definitely um can definitely empathize with that for sure so sadly, uh, there has been a there was a, a stabbing um, on the ninth in Croydon, um, but at the time um, the sixteen-year-old boy um, was was still alive and fighting for his life. But unfortunately, on the eleventh, um, not the eleventh, on the Sunday after that, he actually sadly passed away, um, which actually was the eleventh. That would have been the eleventh. Um, but a nineteen-year-old man has been arrested on Monday. I was suspicious of murder. So, my thoughts and prayers go out to that young boy's family. Um, Really sad, Um, but you know, thankfully, there hasn't been any other um, young people dying um, over the past over the past week. But it does bring the total up to twenty-three teenagers um, died to date um, in London. and again, this is like last year. It was seventeen for the whole year, you know. So things things are not good. Things are not good. So the, I mean, the biggest news, to be fair, this week has been around um, the Euros. You know, that, that obviously England lost to lost to Italy. Um, it went to penalties. I, I I really think that England done well to to even. You know, to not concede before the penalties. You know, just just for it to be a draw before the penalties, because I, f- I think Italy had won their last 33 games, and they looked like a re- you know they're they're the better team. They were the better team statistically and everything else. So I think England done well to hold them to one or up until the penalties. And you know, obviously when it comes to penalties, anything can happen. But unfortunately. um England missed three penalties out of five, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, the the people that missed, Marcus Rashford, um, Sancho and Saka. But the racist abuse... I mean, if you know, you know, and you, you expect all of this stuff from, from these bigoted people. You know, but... Um, it's just, it's just ridiculous, and it's, and it's sad because, you know, you're talking about young, young people, you know, Saka's like 19, you know, Rashford, I think Ratchford's 23, I'm not sure how old Sanchez is, but these are young, young men, you know, who, who are just at work doing their job, and, you know, do you know on one, one hand, I'm, in a way, I am strangely glad that they didn't score, because actually, if they had scored and we had won, they would have been heroes. But it wouldn't have shone a light on the fact that you're heroes when you're doing well, and when you're not doing well, you are just another N-word. That's pretty much... It reminds me of a Jay-Z, Jay-Z song um, of his four 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 um album, um, The Story of OJ. If you listen to the lyrics of that, um, and it, speaks about, it speaks about it. I won't go into it now. It's not really PC, but yeah. Um, so yeah, it just it just highlights, highlights what is, to be fair. It's not anything new, but like I said, it would have been hidden if we had won because everybody would have been holding those, those young men up high and you wouldn't have known who was who and what was what. So yeah, um, but hopefully, and I'm sure, you know, being a young black male, a young black person, you know, when you're you're growing up with your parents, you're taught about these things and and how things go. So I'm sure they're going to be resilient enough to get past this and move forward. Um, But it would have definitely brought some clarity as to how the so-called fans um, treat them. I think something for me, though, that that really stands out this time around on, on this episode of racial bigotry is... I noticed that every time there's there's some overt racism that goes on like this the the talk is always that it's only a small minority so I I was thinking about why do do people keep saying it's only a small minority because that does nothing for the black person who's the victim of the racism it doesn't make them feel any better Um, for the people that are being overtly racist in that way, it doesn't make any difference to them. If you say it's a small minority or it's not, that doesn't make no difference to them. So the only people, who who is that for? I mean, I, I'm kind of thinking now, wrongly or rightly, that this is only deals with the people that are not racist. So people who are not racist, this allows them to feel a bit better, I suppose, because it's, it kind of says it's not all of us, um, which is cool. But we 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 know it's not all of you. So so yeah, this this thing of uh, I, th- I think that needs to stop. Myself, I, I don't see the value in it. In in saying that it's only a small minority that do these things. We know that already. We already know it's a small minority. So anytime something racist happens, we don't need to keep stressing that part because it doesn't help sort out the problem. I think the thing is, is that even though it is a small minority, that small minority is loud and vocal. And that small minority are hurting people, you know, sometimes physically, but definitely emotionally and mentally. You're, you're, they're affecting people. So it doesn't matter how many of them are doing it. One is too many. And as I said, Nobody is not saying that it's everybody that's racist. It's... We know who we are. So, like I said, I, I think that comment, you know, it's a small minority. I think we need to put that aside now. We, we, we get that. And it, like I said, we should be saying stuff that helps the victims feel better, not the non-victims feel better. This is, this is just my thoughts. This is just my thoughts. Um... But yeah, it's it's yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot to be said about that. I did I think that's a whole podcast in itself. And um in time we're 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 gonna cover that in a in a bigger way. So yeah, um but there has the police have Metropolitan Police have um said that they won't tolerate this sort of behaviour and they have uh found they have banned someone for life from um who is a Leighton Orient fan um for in connection with some of the abuse. Um and in with Whittington Withington Manchester where Ratford's uh, mural is that's that's been defaced um with all kinds of slurs, etc. Um but the police have said in Manchester that um the content while the content is vandalism, it's not believed to be of a racial nature. Um, but police are keeping an open mind um, in regards to the motive for defacing the artwork. So they're going to keep an open mind for the motive. So, but I think we know what the motive is. I could tell them that. If they give me a call, I could tell them what the motive is. The motive is because they, lo- they didn't score the penalties. That, that was the motive. Um, but, yeah... Yeah, but we uh, I mean these things happen. I mean also in another mu a mural was actually painted in support of the free footballers in Darlington. Um and it's actually next to another mural um, celebrating Arthur Wharton, England's first black professional footballer. And that also um got defaced. Um one of the messages sprayed on that one said um we don't stand with the free black lions. Well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. We don't stand with the three black lions. So, they, so that kind of insinuates, they, they kind of see it as you've got white lions and you've got black lions. I think it's more accurate to say you've got three African lions on your chest. That's probably more accurate. Let's just stick to that um, rather than the division, I think. Um... But again, I, I'm, just, I'm just glad it kind of it just exposes that the so-called fans, you know, them so-called fans only support you when you're doing well. You know, and that's the reality of it. And it's OK once you know, it's, if you don't know. And maybe that's, that, that is my concern for these young players. If they don't, don't realise that and, you know, they realise it for the first time, that, that can be a bit hard. But once you, once you know it, you know what to expect, you know, and you can, you can move on. Resilience kicks in um but also Portsmouth um are investigating claims that some academy players racially abused the english stars um images on social media, um a screen there, the screen grab of the club's under eighteen side um with some some racial abuse and whatnot, so they're looking into that so yeah it's it's happening it's happening, and you know minimizing minimizing the people that are doing it and you know it's 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 unnecessary it's unnecessary it doesn't serve you ask any victim of racism or any kind of bigotry or any kind of abuse if you tell them that it's only uh, a small minority that do it ask them if that makes them feel any better about the situation you know um it's just something that needs to be dealt with and it, it just needs to be it needs to be addressed. It will always be there to be fair, you know. Um, but let's put it in this context and, and stop trying to stop trying to, I don't know, um make people that are not racist feel comfortable by saying it's only a small minority. You don't need to make the people that are not racist comfortable, you need to make the victims comfortable. Find a phrase that you can use to make the victims feel comfortable after each incident that happens, rather than the latter, I think. Um, Tyrone Mings criticised Pretty Patel, uh, you know, also, um, she. I think she said she was disgusted by the online abuse um, in regards to the footballers. Um, but uh, Tyrone Mings said that the home secretary secretary needs to stop pretending to be disgusted by racial abuse Um, uh, because she previously she previously described taking the knee as um just just the politics gesture politics Um, so and from ming's perspective he's he's like you know saying things like that just stokes the fire you know by refusing to criticize those who boo the England team for taking it, it just serves to stoke the fire, and I'd, I'd I'd have to agree. I'd have to agree. You know, um, you you gotta be careful what you say, and it, this is what I'm saying. All all of these these little things that are being said, and they seemingly, you know, people feel like they don't have an effect. They 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 do have an effect. You know, if you throw you throw a pebble into a still lake, it's gonna ripple. You know, no matter how wide that lake is. You throw the smallest pebble in it, it's going to make some ripples. So the words you use, the words you don't use, all of these things have impact, you know. But we should be trying to support the victims of racism, of bigotry, of all of these things. As I said, not the people who are not racist or bigoted. So uh, there's also been uh, an arrest. There's been a... yeah there's been I think it's only one or two arrests so far um over this this racial onslaught through the Euros so a 37 year old uh man's been arrested on suspicion of malicious communications act um in Manchester um and also in Cheshire Cheshire police um arrested a 42 year old man um from Runcorn an area called Runcorn um and they, I think in total they've arrested five people so far over racist abuse of the English players. Um, and I'm pretty sure there's a lot more. But obviously it's hard to, hard to get them because it is as much as it's over, it's online, a lot of it. And obviously you can hide yourself quite effectively on there. But somebody who didn't hide themselves effectively was the man who's now been charged with racially abusing Rio Ferdinand. Um, a 30-year, one-year-old man from Stone in Staffordshire, named Jamie Arnold. He's been accused of using racist words, gestures at a match um, at Wolverhampton Wanderers against Man United on the 23rd of May. So, yeah, he's been arrested by West Midlands police and been charged, also been charged with homophobic comments as well. So he's, he was trying to tick all the boxes, it seems. Um, but yeah, he'll, he'll appear at Dudley Magistrates Court on the 29th of July. Do you know, all, all of this stuff that's gone on over this week since the Euros has obviously it sparked conversation, you know. Um, and it sparked a conversation with me and one of my friends. Um, and what came out of that conversation is that my friend didn't realise that if you are racially abused, if somebody calls you, you know, a, a racist name, um, he understood, obviously, that it's a criminal offence, but he didn't realise that the police would actually action it and, um, you know, actually take people to court, you know, sometimes give people custodial sentences, depending on what their, the situation is. So, you know, again, when these things happen, you have to try and pull the, the positive out of it. And, and just the fact that we had that conversation and, and I was able to explain that, you know, what if somebody does call you anything or, you know, anything like that, it is worth reporting because the police do have to action it. We're in a different time, you know, and he genuinely didn't know, you know, he didn't, real, well, didn't realise that they, they would action it. So, so yeah, so, you know, it's, it's out there, you know, we've got to take these things and, and use them to our advantage as we've always been doing to be fair. Um, but John Barnes um, had an interview with James Max on talk radio. Excellent, excellent, excellent interview. Um, the conversation, obviously, was about racism and, and football, etc. But John Barnes, he's so he's very articulate and very knowledgeable about these things. Um, people underestimate him because he's an ex-footballer, I suppose. Um, but he's very articulate and, and very schooled on this stuff. And, you know, he, he 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 just really gets to the nuts and bolts of things, you know. Um, and at every turn, you know, James Max would would give an alternative view of something and John Barnes was able to spin it in his head very quickly. And, and initially, I just heard the audio, um, which was powerful in itself, but when you watch the video of it and you can see James uh, Max's reaction, his body language, it, it does add an extra layer to it. So I definitely recommend um, looking out for that. Um, it'll be online, you can find it online. Um, but yeah, he... Very insightful, very powerful and hard to argue against, to be fair. Hard to argue against, you know. Um, I know John Barnes's views, even even for people in the black community, I've heard some people like kind of put down some of the things that he said. But for me, he's been pretty much on point. I mean, you're not going to agree with everything somebody says, regardless of their hue. But on this one, I mean, this one is hard to refute. I, I challenge anybody to listen to that and, and find flaw in what he's talking about so um but yeah i mean in a nutshell he kind of speaks about it being about education you know something that's never going to really go away but we we do need to tell the truth about history and education because the false narrative of who europeans are and what europeans did you know and when i say false narrative i'm i'm not talking about the positive things that they speak about in in history books and stuff because that's all factual you know the positive stuff is the positive stuff but because it's not balanced with the negative stuff um it gives people a false sense of um a false sense of entitlement a false sense of power over others and things like that but he, you know i can't articulate it in the way john Barnes did i, I recommend going listening to that because it's it's definitely insightful and worth listening to So in South Africa, um, things have gone from bad to worse since Jacob Zuma um, gave himself up to do his 15-month sentence. Um, Dozens of people have been arrested, and the violence is spreading um, across across South Africa. Um, They've even deployed soldiers there now um, through the unrest. I think at least 30 people have known to die, known to have died through the violence so far. Um, And almost 800 people have been arrested um I, I you know you you do see bits and pieces of it on the news, but there was a lot of it that you would really have to search to find but it, it's not a pretty sight out there, you know it is um it's really going off there, so hopefully they can find some healing and 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 some yeah just kind of get things back to normal because all all of the the shops and things that are being looted and stuff i mean at the end of the day, even if you're one of the looters you're going to get as much food as you can, but when that food's finished and whatnot you're you know you you're, you're there's no shop anymore because it's burnt down and looted. So I hope they get through this phase sooner rather than later. Um, so, yeah, also um, there have been also arrests made after people broke into the... F- Going back to the football stuff, um, the Euros, there have been arrests um, in regards to people breaking in, having fights with um, stewards... Um, basically yeah just basically causing havoc I mean if you look online you can see the types of people that are out there causing havoc and fighting the police and doing all these things and yeah so they're obviously looking out for people I think they've put out some pictures of people that they want to they want to speak to Um, but yeah there was it was mad scenes mad mad scenes Um, but yeah so also, in going back to Africa, the kingdom of Iswatani used to be um, Swaziland. There have been They've been calls for more protests um, due to the uh, the king. The, basically, the king there, King Maswati the Third, he's been uh, 30 years. He's had absolute uh, monarchy in in Iswanti, and. He said that he's living lavish while the people are in poverty and suffering police brutality. So there's a, a lot going on over there. And, you, you know, you don't really hear about this stuff. This stuff's happening in the world and, you know, you, you don't really hear about it a lot. So it's interesting. It's interesting how much, how much news there is out there that we might be interested in that. that's out there. But, like I said, it doesn't really come to the forefront. But um, dozens, dozens of people have been killed, um, million dollars, millions of dollars worth of property damage there. So again, you know, in a different part of Africa, but, you know, same kind of chaos and murder and death and damage going on. So hopefully they will get past this sooner rather than later. But um, I, I hadn't even heard, I mean, I'd heard of Swaziland. But I didn't know that it was renamed the kingdom of Eswatani. I didn't didn't realise that. So, something new for me as well. So, yeah. So, also, um, in regards to lawyers, I mean, black lawyers, um, it's been found that black lawyers are least likely to be made judges. So, the process of becoming a judge, I believe you have to be um, recommended. Uh, recommended, uh, is, a bit of recommendation is part of the process. I'm not sure of the full process, but I said the latest statistics revealed that um, while a, pro- a proportion of black and Asian and ethnic minority solicitors and barristers wanting to oversee justice and becoming judges, it's increased. You know, people want to be judges. Um, the body that who, who recommend and appoint is generally less likely to put their names forward. So this is a... You know, they've done a statistical breakdown of it and and how this happens, and and it clearly shows... It clearly shows that... um, What is it? Of 5,000 judges uh, uh, in England and Wales, 5% are Asian or Asian-British, and 1% are black. So, you know, the numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie at the end of the day. Um, But for... I mean, the, the truth is, what is the reason for that? You know, if, if you're qualified, you know, you're a lawyer, you're a barrister and you're black and you, you, you've shown that you want to be a, a judge, why are less of them not being put forward for it? That's the question. So I hope this isn't just a statistical fact that they've analysed and they've got the numbers and it just stops there. I hope they dig into it a bit more. And kind of hold people to account, and and change things ultimately, ultimately. Because there's nothing worse than you know you being fully qualified, willing, and able, and wanting to do something, but not getting to do it because the colour of your skin. And that's what that sounds like, you know. That's what that sounds like. I'd I'd like to hear, I'd like to hear from the the people that make the choices as to what the reason is, if it's not. Because of the colour of their skin, is it that all most of the the candidates are not qualified for it? I don't know. I, that doesn't sound right to me. So yeah, but um, I think if you're if you're a black lawyer, just keep pushing, man. Don't don't give up. Keep pushing and and make it be known that um, you're wanting to get through, and, and you and you can't, you know. Um, so yeah. So um, in regards to TikTok which is a, a platform that I keep promising myself I'm going to look into and, and, and find out what it's all about. I mean, I know what it's all about, but I've never, I've not signed up to it, so I'm not really deeply engrossed in it, but I need to. Um, but either way, um, there's a hashtag, hashtag Black TikTok Strike. So what's been happening is, well, basically that that hashtag has got like, I think it's 6.5 million Um, views, you know, it's it's been used heavily and been trending on social media platforms like Twitter. But so basically what it is, is um, black creators on TikTok are refusing now to choreograph new dances, Um, basically saying that um, it's becoming like a new form of cultural appropriation um, on the app, Um, which basically is, you know, the young black creatives are creating new dances and whatnot. Various people are taking them on board um, using them and and benefiting from them and monetizing them, but they're not giving any of the black um, influencers any credit, you know, for you know any credit, any acknowledgement of the originators of the dances. So they've they've put together this movement hashtag Black TikTok Strike, and they're not um, putting their, their their dances, their new dances, on TikTok. Um, and it started to impact some sales. I think uh, Megan Thee Stallion has benefited a lot from from putting out albums, and then people creating dances to her songs via TikTok. Um, and I think she's recently bought out some music, and and it's, it's impacted her. The fact that these uh, creators are not making dances to her music um, since this, since the strike. So interesting. Um, yeah, I mean it's 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 nothing to credit people for for their work, you know. I mean, especially if you're monetizing it. Um, I don't I mean, I think with that you you just really have to rely on the the morals of the people that are using the dances to say, Look, Jane from Hackney created this dance and I love it and I'm using it or whatever. I don't know how you do it. But um but I think, you know, technology is moving on. So maybe maybe there's going to be a way. Who knows? Maybe there's going to be a way. Maybe they'll start using NFTs around dances. Who knows? You know, stranger things will happen. Stranger things will happen. But hopefully they, they saw that and they start to get credit for what they're creating. You know, because there's nothing worse than, you know, creating something from your mind, from your brain. You know, you're the first person to do it and people love it, and then people seemingly steal it or benefit from it, and you don't benefit from it, you know. This is an age-old problem in the world. So, yeah, let, let, let the creators be um, compensated for their creation, I say. So, if you fancy going out to see some art, um, there is a new, um, a new show... Um, from the 22nd of July to the 31st of August, called Mother of Mankind, and it's curated by Adora Maba. And it's basically a female art exhibition from the perspective of 18 black females from across the globe, depicting black femininity. Um, It's going to be, it's at the Hoffer Gallery, which is at 11 um, Brunton Street, Mayfair, London. But you can also you can also see them online if you go to thehouseoffineart.com, and then you can actually see it there. But if you want to see them in the flesh, you can go to the Hoffer Gallery. So I looked at some of them. It's really um, really inspirational to be fair, and and it got me thinking. You know, you don't I don't know about any famous black female artists, you know, who paint and stuff like that. So, and my daughter actually is actually a budding artist. both of my kids are the boy and the girl, but it'd be really well, I'm actually going to show her these as, as I finish this, in fact, before I forget, I'm actually going to show her this website so she can see these pieces of art, and who knows she, it might inspire her to have her own collection. So we'll watch his space, watch his space so um, so sad, sadly, last week we. we spoke about um, Sebastian Eubank, who, who passed away um, in Dubai. By that point, there wasn't any news on how and, and what actually happened. But now it's come out. His, his widow, um, Salma Abedalati, um, she's 20, She said that um, he died from a heart attack whilst at sea. So he was in the sea in Dubai and suffered a massive heart attack. Um, she said that she's grateful that he got to spend a few short days with his son before he passed away as well. Um, the by police, um, uh, and the coroner confirmed after a full post-mortem that, um, Sebastian Eubank tragically died from a massive heart attack whilst at sea and probably, um, couldn't have, couldn't have been saved even if he wasn't in the water. You know, it was, it was that bad. So, um, Really, really sad, really, really sad Feed it for the family, Chris Eubanks and the whole family um, but there was it sh- they also said there was evidence that there was a pre-existing heart condition that nobody was aware of, you know so I mean it, it just goes to show you know you, you don't know what's going on the inside of your body, and he was he was a boxer as well he was he was fit you know for all intents and purposes on the outside. You know, he was known as somebody who was fit and healthy, and did you know did all the healthy things. Um, but the truth is, you, you know, unless you get a full MOT, you know, which most of us probably can't access um, for one reason or another, but you're just not going to know what's going on for you in your body. So, so I mean, it's just another reason just to make sure that you're you're doing the best with your body. You know, and, and you know, and even if you are. As, as that example shows you know things can still happen it doesn't stop um undiagnosed um, illnesses that you may have not taking place and and, and having an impact but you do edge edge the cards in your favor if you are looking after your body as, as best as you can and i, I really do think that I think I said it before, you know, at the beginning of this pandemic, people were really, really, really focused on their health and keeping their immune system up and watching what they're eating and wanting to exercise and all these things. And people have just kind of slipped back into old habits, you know, in, in many ways, I've noticed that with people. So, yeah, I mean, if, you know, sometimes we have to pull pull the positive out of the negative and, you know, if, if Sebastian Eubanks passing, um inspires people to continue to look after themselves in some weird way. That would be something to pull from it. But my my thoughts and prayers definitely get to his wife, his family, his child. You know, it's a lot. It's definitely a lot. So, um, July, July, we're midway, well, gone midway into July. We've got a full moon coming up on the 24th of July, the buck moon. Um, And, you know... The planet's, the planets going through some different changes. You know, there's a lot going on. We've had, in in, in London, we had, we've had we had flash floods. Um, and parts of south, parts, yeah, southwest London, like Barnes, Rains Park, Richmond, uh, where else? Golders Green, Highgate, all these places were affected. I, I remember, I, I think I was at Asda, and I got caught in some of the rain, and I wasn't I, I dressed appropriate for the rain because it was like flash flood. I didn't know it was coming. Um but I was, you know, annoyed that I was wearing the wrong trainers, stepped in puddle and my trainers got all wet, my feet got wet and stuff. But compared to what other people have had to deal with, I am um, I feel blessed that it was only my, my feet that got wet. Um, you know, there's been cars submerged in roads, roads filled with water, roads looking like lakes, you know, in, in London. Um, train services having to be cancelled. Um, it's pretty much, what was it, like a month, a month worth of rain in one day, so... There's a lot going on with the climate. But worse than that, you know, that was bad enough. In Germany and Belgium, you know, 100, 120 people lost their lives, you know, um, through, through the rain and the, the storms and whatnot. Um, and when you see the pictures, you're, you're watching houses floating, cars, lorries, you know, houses floating and then knocking down trees. It's yeah, it just, it looked, it looked biblical, to be fair. Little biblical um, look l- i wouldn't have been surprised if if well let me not say that but yeah um it just horrendous though horrendous i really really do feel it for those people because again it's it's a these are like flash floods they're just happening just like that and i, I think this place in germany um particularly they've never seen anything like that and this is taken away it's not just floods like in in london this is moved like mountains of earth and, and things like that. So, you know, people don't know how they're going to come back from it or even stop the next one. That's the other thing, you know, because it's the first time. It's like, how do they prepare? Because they were totally ill prepared for this one. But, yeah, um, so, yeah, definitely my thoughts. My thoughts go to, you know, the people who have lost, 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 you know, family members, lost friends. Um, You know, 120 people, it's a lot of people. Um, but also, for even those that haven't lost, you know, pe- losing your home and all your belongings because, you know, genuinely in places where you expect floods, or you 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 know things are coming, you can you can prepare, you can pack stuff, you can move stuff to the top of the house or whatever. But apparently, this happens so quick; nobody had time to do anything, so people have lost a lot. So, so yeah, the the planet is definitely um, changing. Climate change. I don't know how people can deny climate change. To be fair um but yeah this this is i'm definitely not a climate change denier um and you know on the other side of things on a, on a more positive note in regards to the climate in we yesterday saturday we had the hottest day of the year you know england was like 30 celsius, 30 celsius plus and northern ireland reached the record breaking 31.2 and that's the hottest ever recorded in in ireland so it's got its pros and cons, you know. No one ain't going to complain about the the pros, but the cons, the cons can be um, catastrophic. So, so yeah, thoughts, thoughts go out to all the people affected in a negative way in regards to that. So, the weekly crypto roundup. Um, yes, definitely not a financial advisor, as you know. Um, definitely not, wouldn't give out any financial advice either. You need to speak to the experts for that. Um, but yeah, but this week, uh, Binance, which is one of the largest um, trading platforms for cryptocurrency, um, severed its ties with um, the global global pay- payment provider they were using. So they'll n- no longer be facilitating their deposits or withdrawals in pounds or euros um, for Binance. So Binance are in the in their process of working out who's going to do that for them. So yeah, things really do change really quickly um in the in the in the crypto world you know and this is why you need to get financial advice you know because i can imagine there's a few people scratching their heads at this point in time um so yeah get financial advice as to how to navigate your way around um nfts around cryptocurrency etc so in regards to uh nfts though um Two Jewish rabbis in Brooklyn are NFTing the Torah. They're aiming to NFT the Torah, and they're they're calling it the NF Torah. <laughs> so when you when you see it written, it looks a bit better than it sounds. But yeah, so they they're looking to do that. So that's going to be interesting. I mean, a, that kind of tells me that somebody will be talking about making the Bible into an NFT at some stage, which is going to be interesting again. Um, also, Dol- Dolce & Gabbana have launched a NFT collection called the Genesis Collection, um, which is going to be available in August. And who else is well? Asics, Asex. Asex, my favorite running trainer company, they've announced their first NFT shoe um, collection. So I don't I don't know how the NFT shoe collection I you know I I don't know how that all works I really don't I mean I I get the pictures stuff I get the music stuff I get the written word stuff but NFT shoe yeah it's shoe collection that's going to be interesting but um the world is changing the world is changing we'll we'll soon find out how that goes so I absolutely cannot wait to watch the Summer of Soul the legendary long lost concert um, they've said it's an instant classic it's got Stevie Wonder on it um, Nina Simone B.B. Uh, King loads of artists loads 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 of artists um, more than three thousand, three hundred thousand people attended the Harlem Cultural Festival um, and like I said it's been made into an award winning documentary now um, and people are calling it, calling it the, the black woodstock. Um, but it was largely ignored for over half a century, you know. And if it, imagine if it, if it hadn't have been, with, you know, ignored, if it hadn't have been, what, you know, that piece of history hadn't been whitewashed. What a difference the world would have made. It would have made to the world. You know, it would have had some impact on the world in a different way. Um, So I don't think it's too late. It's just going to be different. But, you know, people talk about the the 60s and Woodstock and stuff like that. But little did we know there was a whole other side to that that just didn't see the light of day. So I'm so glad that Questlove um, found it and has, you know, brought it to light. So I'm really, really looking forward to seeing that. I think that's going to be amazing. And also I'm interested to see The Equalizer, the new Equalizer, starring Queen Latifah as the lead. Now, I used to be an Equalizer fan when it starred the the actor who used to play was um Edward Woodward. Edward Woodward. That is a blast from the past. Even saying those words out loud takes me right back to yesteryear. But yeah, so the fact that she's going to be playing the lead is is um yeah that's. It's, it's going to be interesting. And just the fact that it's, it's a black woman, you don't really see black women leading in these ongoing shows, you know, these, these series. So, um, so yeah, I think it's, um, I'm looking forward to seeing how how she does that. Um, and how, yeah, how she plays the part and how they, they kind of make it work. But, um, she, I think her, her story in this one, she's basically, uh, Robin McCall is the name that she'll be... I think, the, I think Edward Woodward's name was Robin McCall in it as well. But um, she's a divorced single mum by day and by night she's a vigilante that helps people desperately in need of justice. Um, and as a, as a, a little-known little fact, Queen Latifah is now the only the fourth black woman in history of TV to be lead in an hour-long network drama. So, you know, it's it's not it's, it is really um, something, something special to see, you know, a black woman in these kind of lead roles. So, so yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be checking out. I think it's coming on Channel 5 in the UK. I'm not sure what day, but I'll definitely be looking out for that. So, yeah, um, so look, it's, summer looks like it's finally here. You know, we've, we've got over that little flash flood. Who knows, maybe there'll be a couple more as time goes on. But, you know, the, right now it's super hot. It looks super nice outside. Absolutely barbecue weather. Um, yeah, just get out there and get that fresh air. Get that fresh air and get that exercise in and enjoy. So thank you again for choosing Pablo's podcast today. And hopefully you can join me on the next one. Until then, take care and be nice to each other. Thank you for listening to Pablo's podcast. I'm Pablo from Hackney and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussion.